and welcome to In Conversation With, a podcast of the Lancet Oncology. My name is Marcy and today I welcome Dr. Shankar Siva from the Peter McCallum Cancer Center in Australia to discuss his and colleagues' individual patient data meta-analysis from the International Radiosurgery Consortium of the Kidney on the five years outcomes after stereotactic ablative radiotherapy for primary cell carcinoma. Dr. Siva, welcome. Your paper focused on renal cell carcinoma, the incidence of which has been rising in the past decades. Do we know why the incidence is rising and are some worldwide regions more affected than others? So the incidence for kidney cancer does rise exponentially with age and globally the life expectancy of people is actually increasing. So the greatest incidence is actually for those patients and those people who have an age greater than 70. So we find that risk factors for developing kidney cancer include things like excess body weight, history of hypertension and smoking, and these are thought to contribute to up to 50% of kidney cancer cases. There's also other factors like lack of exercise and diabetes, and all of these factors are also increasing worldwide. So from geographically, we know the data from the World Health Organization for incidents in 2020 shows that geographically 36.6% of cases are from Asia, 32.1% of cases are from Europe, and 17.8% of cases are from North America, with the remainder worldwide. So we think there is a higher incidence in Europe and North America, and this is possibly due to greater availability of things like cross-axial imaging, and this might be detecting uh, renal masses earlier. Your paper proposes the use of stereotactic body radiotherapy for the treatment of patients who are ineligible for surgery. What are the advantages of this technique compared, for example, uh, thermal ablation ones? This is an excellent question. So partial nephrectomy, we think, is the gold standard for um, for kidney cancers. There are some advantages for partial nephrectomy. It is able to treat perihilar tumours, but not so easy to treat larger tumours. It is still invasive and still requires a general anaesthetic. When comparing to other techniques like thermal ablation, these uh, approaches like cryoablation and radiofrequency ablation can also avoid a general anaesthetic but has trouble with treating perihilar tumours. Uh, larger tumours are also less eff uh, efficacious with these techniques. And it's also an invasive approach. In this context, stereotactic ablated body radiotherapy, or SABA, has several inherent advantages. And this includes the ability to avoid a general anaesthetic. It has the capacity to treat tumours that are near the hilum of the kidney and can also treat larger tumours. And finally, probably the best advantage is that it's totally non-invasive. Can you give us a summary of the findings of your paper? In this study, the International Radiosurgery Oncology Consortium for Cancers of the Kidney uh, performed an analysis of individual patient data um, pulled into a meta-analysis from 12 institutional data sets. And these were from across Australia, Canada, the USA, Germany, and Japan. The inclusion criteria for this study were at least two years of follow-up an age greater than 18 years, any performance status, and no previous local therapy. Patients with metastatic kidney cancer or upper tract urothelial carcinoma were excluded. So in this study, uh, we reported that 190 patients who received SABA between 2007 and 2018. The median follow-up in this cohort was long at five years. This was a group of older patients with a median age being 73 years, and three quarters of the patients were medically inoperable. And these were larger tumours in general with a median tumour diameter of four centimetres. Despite these factors, the local failure rate that we observed at five years was only 5.5%. And the five-year estimates for cancer-specific survival were very high at 95.5%. So 
Safety was also good with only one patient having a high-grade toxicity. This one patient, or 1% high-grade toxicity, developed two grade four toxicities, one which was a gastric ulceration and one which was a duodenal ulceration. And this patient was still disease-free at the last follow-up 8.8 years later. There were some interesting findings in the subgroups in this study. 29% of the patients included were treated for a kidney cancer and a sultry kidney. And in these patients, there was no difference for survival outcomes, local failure rates, or in the toxicity profile. In addition, 43% of patients received a single fraction of SABR with a median dose of 25 gray. Intriguingly, we found that multifraction SABR was associated with a six times higher risk of local failure after adjusting for baseline characteristics. This data is provocative and needs to be tested in a randomized trial. And we are building a prospective randomized registry platform through the IROC consortium, which may be able to be used for this purpose in the future. Some are concerned about radiation injury to kidney function. Did you see a signal for meaningful injury to the kidney after stereotactic body radiotherapy? In this cohort, uh, patients had quite a few comorbidities and pre-existing chronic kidney disease. This was reflected in a baseline median EGFR or estimated glomerular filtration rate of 60 mils per minute. Despite this, we found that kidney function was remarkably preserved. So by three years, uh, the kidney function had reduced by an EGFR of 10 mils per minute. By five years, this had plateaued out to 14 mils per minute. This is probably tracking with the background rate of uh, kidney decline in patients who have chronic kidney disease. Seven of the patients in this cohort underwent dialysis, and that's 4%. And in this particular group, most of these patients had severe chronic kidney disease, with the median EGFR being only 33 mils per minute. So overall, the kidney function decline was actually quite acceptable. According to these findings, do you think most countries, or at least high-income countries, would be ready to implement stereotactic body radiotherapy for the treatment of renal cell carcinoma, or how would you convince skeptical clinicians or decision makers? This is also an excellent question, and I do think about this. I think the data is increasingly compelling, and certainly we're starting to see some change in the posture from some international guidelines with some cautious endorsement of SABRE for the treatment of primary kidney cancer. One limiting factor would be expertise and confidence. This particular report lends mature data for post-treatment outcomes after SABRE and should inspire some confidence. There are publicly available consensus guidelines from the IROC group, as well as treatment protocols, such as those from the Trans-Tasman Radiation Oncology Group clinical trial, the Fast Track 2 trial. These trial outcomes are eagerly awaited, but uh, these kind of protocols should be able to be followed by community centres. At this point in time, I think for sceptical clinicians or decision makers, I would suggest that we consider SABRE for those patients who have larger inoperable kidney cancers. SABRE in this context is particularly attractive as these patients don't really have any realistic alternative curative treatment options. And in my opinion, this group should be given compassionate access to SABRE and would be a great place to start. Thank you very much for agreeing to speak to us today and to all our listeners. This article is now available online at the Lancet Oncology website and with our December issue.